Oh, what is the upsies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. We are on episode 65 of my little hockey show where once a week I go through all the news and the whatnots that's going on in the NHL, generally focusing in on the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Flames, but I can talk about any of the 32 teams in the NHL. So what is on tap for today? Admittedly, a little bit of a light news week right here, and I am recording this on Wednesday, so if something went down Thursday, Friday, my apologies, I'm having surgery Friday, so I'm, I'm not going to be able to record on Friday, so bear with me, but we have a little bit of news coming out of Calgary, some really strange news out of Philadelphia, and then I will be finishing off my season previews with the Central Division. If you want to check out the pri- the previous three divisions, the Pacific, Metro, and Atlantic, you're going to have to go back and check out the three prior episodes of the GX HockeyCast to see those opinions, so let's dive into the news. So let's start with Calgary. Finally, a little bit of good news coming out of Calgary in terms of players wanting to stay. Apparently, Elias Lindholm now has flipped the script, changed his mind a little bit. It's coming out that he says he wants to stay now with Calgary. So this is fantastic news. Or is it? I don't know yet. It's Calgary is a very up-in-the-air team right now. They had a very disappointing season last year. A lot of turnaround. Big. A lot of their big players have left. And yeah, we got new coach, new GM, and we're just going to have to wait and see until the season starts what this Flames team is going to be. Are they going to be a playoff team going for a playoff spot? Are they going to be in the mushy middle? Or are they going to fall apart and maybe we're sending Calgary down the retool uh, path? I mean, that one is the most, probably the least likely to happen, but you never know. It's the NHL. Anything can happen at any point. But if Elias Lindholm is wanting to stay, he's got one more year left on his contract, paying him like under $5 million. So Lindholm is going to get paid. Are the Flames going to want to pay him? I think it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be tough. I mean, he had a down year last season without Goudreau and Kachuk on his wings anymore, but probably still the best center that Calgary has on the team at this point. And uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be great to keep him, but it's going to depend on that price. I don't think he's going to be cracking like $10 million or anything, but more than likely in that 8 to $9-ish million, that might be a little high as well. But we'll see. We'll see if Calgary is able to get something done with Lindholm, if they can get that extension done uh, before the season starts. More than likely not going to be done that fast. Maybe throughout the season, he could still get traded. We're gonna We're just going to have to wait and see. If they can get him extended to a decent contract, it's going to help his trade value. If they want to move him at the trade deadline, they could probably get something pretty nice for Lindholm. He's a good player, and especially if he shows that he can rebound at the beginning of this season, gets back on that goal. I don't think he's going to be like that 40-plus goal guy anymore without Kachuk and Goudreau, but Huberto, if he can step back up, the points start to build back up. They might be able to get something really tasty for Lindholm, but I mean, you know, they, they're going to want to be... I don't know. I don't know. Calgary's a very mysterious team for me personally right now. I don't know what direction they're going to go, which is not good because that kind of makes me feel like they're going to be in the middle. And I say this all the time, being stuck in the mushy middle of the league is the worst spot to be in. So 
We're going to have to wait and see what direction Calgary's going for, but at least it's nice to hear that Lindholm would is more prone to wanting to stay now. So that's good. It seems like at this point, everybody is wanting to stay except for Noah Hannafin. He still seems pretty driven to uh, move on from the Flames after this season. But again, there's still uh, quite a bit of time, so things can change. So that's pretty cool. And then we got a really weird story going on in Philadelphia and the KHL. So Philadelphia has a, a, a young goaltender, Nikita Filatov, and he's got a contract with the Philadelphia Flyers, but he's been playing in the KHL. He's been over in Russia, and apparently he's not coming back. He's not going to honor that contract. He's just going to play in the KHL. So this is bad. This is not good. So KHL is just kind of being like, nah, we're not going to give him back. He's ours. And honestly, there's really not anything the NHL or the NHLPA or the Flyers can really do about that unless they want to go and go on a rescue mission and try and drag his ass to America, but it's a very sketchy situation, and it's really not a good look right now for Philadelphia because their most recent first-round pick, Mishkov, he is also playing in the KHL. He's being scratched right now, so it's not looking really good for uh, the KHL and their young players. They've had a long history of not utilizing younger players. They're a competitive league, so they're just trying to put the best lineups on the ice, and generally, the younger players are the one getting sacrificed. They're usually getting fourth-line minutes. They don't get to shine very often. It's very rare that a young player is getting into the top six. And Mishkov getting scratched. Apparently, there's a 17-year-old player getting put into the lineup over him. I believe he's playing for St. Petersburg, who is like pretty much always a powerhouse team in the KHL so yeah it's going to be bad and he's locked in over there for three more years so if he just plays like fourth line minutes or getting scratched often for the next three seasons it's probably not going to look very good if he ever makes it over to America and right now if I was a Flyers fan I'd be very very nervous because they're already you just lost a goaltender potentially. I don't know if he's ever going to come over and play. I can't even remember if he was like that high of a highly touted prospect for the Flyers, but regardless, he's a prospect and you don't want to just lose your prospects because they just won't give them back. It's a very odd situation. I don't know how they're going to handle it and they're going to have to do something because that can just continue. The KHL can just be like, no, nah, we're not going to give you this player. He's ours. And you know... I'm not necessarily familiar with how shit works over in Russia. All I know is it's much more different over there than it is here in North America. There's like mandatory military services you have to do over there and all that stuff. I've heard no numerous stories of it being very difficult to get out of Russia. You can look up the Alexander McGilney story. A little bit more recently, Evgeny Malkin had a tough time getting out of Russia and coming to America to play. So this is something we're going to have to keep our eyes on um, with the KHL and what's going to go on with this situation. I mean, maybe he comes over and plays. Maybe they get this all worked out. But uh, as it is right now, it's not a good situation. And the Flyers are going to have to try and figure something out. Maybe get Mishkov the fuck out of there. And, they, like, the NHL could do the same thing. If they can get Mishkov over here, and then the KHL's like, no, no, he's got a contract with us. He's coming back over. And the NHL can just be like, nah, nah, he's ours. And then we'll see what happens there. I don't know. That can get really ugly. I don't know. Maybe we're going to get, like, Russia's men in black involved, and they're going to start stealing back their Russian players. Maybe they steal Ovechkin, and he doesn't get to the Gretzky record. That would be crazy. That's 
that's kind of like a movie storyline if that goes down, but regardless, something that I'm going to be keeping my eye on in the future, especially with the Flyers, because, I mean, Mishkov, if they if Mishkov never comes over, or whatever's going to happen, so that's something to keep an eye on for sure. And then just going to touch on the Patrick Kane situation, so he is still not signed with anybody He's come out and said that he doesn't want to sign with anybody until he's fully healed. And a little update on that. Apparently, Patrick Kane is ahead of schedule in terms of his healing. So, some people have been discussing where Patrick Kane may end up. And honestly, I feel like there's only, like... I mean, two of my favorite options are just go back to Chicago and work with Bedard and finish out your career. I mean, there really is no point in him chasing cups. He's got three, so there's nothing to prove there. He's already a first ballot Hall of Famer, I would say. He's really got nothing left to prove, so it's really up to him what he wants to do. And so he can go back to Chicago and shepherd the young players and finish out his career as a Chicago Blackhawks legend. He could do that. Or... The fun option, which I would love for this to happen, he signs in Buffalo, his hometown team, and helps them get to the playoffs for the first time in, what, 12, 13 years or something like that? That would be awesome. Buffalo has the money to sign him. They got way more than enough. I can't see Patrick Kane being offered, like, very much money. I mean, he's made so much money already. I don't think money, again, is something that he's going to prioritize. I think he just wants to play hockey and do it in a fun fashion, I would imagine. I don't really know. I don't think he's going to go back to New York. I think Buffalo would be amazing, man. He's never played... Well, he has played slightly in the East last year with New York. But it would be really fun to see him go with Buffalo, help them out on the wing, play with some of the young, amazing talent that they got over there, and Darlene, and fucking Thompson, and man, it would be really awesome to see Patrick Kane over there. Maybe he signs for like a million bucks, and that would be really awesome. I think that would be an amazing storyline to finish out Kane's career. It's like, oh, he had that amazing Chicago run, obviously, with the three cups and all that, but then you finish it out, and you take Buffalo on a couple of playoff runs before you retire. That would be a lot of fun. So, me personally, I would really, really enjoy for him to go to Buffalo, make that offense that much more potent. And again, I mean, who knows what Patrick Kane's even bringing to that team? Is he a top six player anymore? Is he still elite after hip surgery? It's 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 tough. That is a really hard surgery to come back from, but it is Patrick Kane. He is getting older now, and he didn't necessarily make the biggest impact when he was in New York, so again, that means I just don't think he's going to get all that much money. I can't see Patrick Kane getting signing like a $5 million one or two year deal with the Sabres or something like that. That'd be a little nuts. Maybe he he can get more money with Chicago just because like they can give him that. He's a legend there. Whatever. But again, I don't think he is very you know, worried about the money. He's made so much freaking money. So curious to hear what you guys think. Where do you think Patrick Kane ends up? And do you think he's going to sign with someone before the season begins? Or is he going to be hopping onto a team like a month or two into the regular season? Personally, it's, it's, it'd be always better just to get it figured out, get onto a team and get used to the system. And then off you go. So We'll see. Maybe we hear from Patrick Kane signing with a team sooner rather than later. And that's about all the news that's been going on in the NHL. Again, if I miss something, my apologies. I will get to it next week. So let's get to the main event. Let's talk about the Central Division. And I want to start off with the Colorado Avalanche, who are just a couple seasons ago, won themselves a Stanley Cup. 
uh, a slight, I guess, sort of a disappointing year last season, getting taken out by the Kraken, which was definitely a huge surprise to everybody. I don't think (laughs) barely anybody gave the Kraken even a shot at taking down the Colorado Avalanche, but they did. And Colorado going through some changes, you know, losing Nazem Kadri. The future of Landeskog is still quite hazy. Is he ever going to play again? Like, it's going to be interesting. So they did make some uh, changes this offseason. They were able to re-sign Cogliano. JT Comfort is off to Detroit. Lars Eller to Pittsburgh. Josh Jacobs to St. Louis. Jonas Johnson to Tampa Bay. Eric Johnson has gone to Buffalo. Jack Johnson, he's back. So they kept one of the Johnsons. Dennis Malgan, has, uh, he's gone to Sweden. Or, or the Swiss, Swiss National League back to the uh, S and whatever. He's gone. Um, Mikhail Maltstev is with Los Angeles. Matt Nieto is in Pittsburgh. And Evan Rodriguez signed with the Panthers. And then they did make quite a big splash in the offseason signing Miles Wood to a six-year contract extension. It's a gamble, that one. He was kind of falling off a little bit in New Jersey and a little bit of an uh, eyebrow-raising contract giving out, but if this guy can get back to being a really effective power forward, that could be an amazing contract. He could fit in beautifully with the Colorado Avalanche. We're going to have to wait for that. And Jonathan Drouin signing a one-year deal with Colorado. This could be, again, a bargain signing. He's Locked in really cheap. He's got history with McKinnon. So if those two can hook up, that would be fucking sweet. Bowen Byram, two-year extension. Uh, Tufty, Wagner, Schooneman, Holm, they're all re-signed. And we got all those guys. Colton signs a four-year contract. And Myers, a one-year deal as well. So let's take a look at their cap friendly. We all know that the Colorado Avalanche is a pretty nice-looking team. They're quite stacked. So we'll start with, uh, okay, who is running this team? So cap space, they don't have any cap space, obviously. Uh, Their coach is, or GM, Chris McFarlane, head coach Jared Bednar. Both of those guys are in good shape, obviously, with the recent Stanley Cup and whatnot. And let's take a look at this forward group. So you got Nathan McKinnon, the highest paid player in the league at this moment, beginning his eight-year deal. Mikko Rantanen, Valerie Nachushkin, who... Has been a great fit for the Colorado Avalanche. Same with Lekkanen. Ryan Johansson brought in possibly could be their second-line center answer. We'll see if that works out. He's got $4 million for the next two years, so it could work out. It may not. They brought in Ross Colton, who I really like that signing right there. Got him locked in for four years. Miles Wood, Logan O'Connor, Andrew Cogliano, Jonathan Drouin, Ben Myers, and Frederick Olofsson. So... I mean, it's it's definitely hurting that they don't have Gabriel Landeskog in there, but that top six of Miko Rantanen, Nathan McKinnon, Valerie Nachushkin, Arturi Lekkanen, Johansson, and possibly if Jonathan Drouin can get into that top six, that would be awesome. Really like Jonathan Drouin. I mean, he's I played so many NHL games with this kid in there, and he's been a stud for so many of them. But yeah, hasn't necessarily found his way I think what former second overall pick or third or something like that and maybe this is the home maybe this is the place Nathan McKinnon maybe he can bring out that fucking missing piece in Jonathan Drouin and he just emerges maybe he can get 50 60 points and getting signed on basically a league min if he can do that that would be huge for the Colorado Avalanche and they have a pretty decent-looking bottom six. I mean, with Miles Wood in there, Cogliano, even though he's older, but he's still got the speed and the defense. 
it's not like as amazing as it has been in previ- previous years. If I don't know what's going to happen with Ross Colton, if he's going to be in that bottom six, top six, but if you're moving like Lekkonen down to the third or whatever, it's still a pretty good third line. I don't think they have necessarily a four-line team. Like all four of these lines are going to be scoring on you, but definitely those first two third line could also score on you as well. Take a look at that defense. You got arguably the best defenseman in the league in Kale McCarr, Samuel Gerrard, Josh Manson, Devon Taves, Bowen Byron, Curtis McDermott, and Jack Johnson. This is a fucking deadly, 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 deadly defensive core right there. I mean, Kale McCarr, like I said, one of the best. Gerrard, he is a really good underrated defenseman. Manson, oh, He's been a fantastic pickup. I really wanted the Leafs to grab him, but he's been a great fit for the Colorado Avalanche. Devon Taves, probably one of the most underrated guys in the freaking league at this point. And he is on his final year paying him one or $4 million. So Devon Taves is about to get paid. And is he going to be staying with the Colorado Avalanche? I don't know because they got a lot of other... Young defenseman, they got Bowen Byram here. As long as this kid can stay healthy, this could be the season we see Bowen Byram emerge for 50-plus points. That would be excellent. And then Jack Johnson, McDermott, rounding out their bottom uh, six right there. Just looking, they have a couple guys on PTOs, but we don't know if they're signed just yet. But yeah, that is a very strong defense and forward group. They're going to be pretty deadly on the power play, and I think their penalty kill should be good. And in net, you have Gorgiev, who was really, really freaking awesome for them last season. He has emerged. He is a starting goaltender now, officially. And yeah, he should be very solid for the Colorado Avalanche again. And then Pavel Francouz, who just can never stay healthy, but I am a fan of this guy. Whenever he plays, he's really good, and he's in the final year of his contract paying him two million dollars so the tandem is going to stay the same and it should be solid I mean I I like that tandem right there looking at any of their younger goaltenders that might fight for a spot not necessarily they have some guys down in the minor leagues like Brad Hunt an older depth defenseman stuff like that they have some older forwards down there and Chris Wagner more than likely some depth options as well so the Colorado Avalanche looking very very tasty I mean it would be really nice if uh, Landeskog can come back but I don't know the future of that player at this moment he may not play again but we'll see So the Colorado Avalanche I have listed as second in the Central. They should be very much so playoff bound, and we'll see how far they go in the playoffs this time around. A little bit of a a disappointing playoff run last season, but I mean, you can't really complain too much when they just won a Stanley Cup the year before. So yeah, I think the Colorado Avalanche safe to make it into the playoffs. Let's do a Canadian team. We'll talk about the Winnipeg Jets, who have had a very, very interesting last year or so with a lot of, um, sounds like, locker room problems. Uh, uh, Maurice has just left the team, and he's off to Florida. And, like, yeah, things are getting weird. Blake Wheeler, their captain, is gone now. And what's the future of Hellebuck? What's the future of Shifley and all that stuff? Pierre-Luc Dubois getting traded. So, yeah, the Winnipeg Jets have been up to uh, a lot this offseason. So, let's... Let's see who they lost. Uh, Arvid Holm is off to Colorado. Alex Johnson-Fialbi resigned. Uh, Kuhlman is off to the Islanders. Lamage is off to Washington. Namastankinov, he resigned. David Riddick is off to Los Angeles. And Kevin Stenland signed in Florida. 
but they did get some stuff done this offseason, signing Delia to a one-year, Brassois, Namastinkinov each re-signed, or Brassois is back, Johnson Fialbi re-signed, Viel one year, Sandberg two years, Barron two years, Velarde from uh, Los Angeles, Kupari, and Stanley one-year deals. So, take a look at their cap friendly, see how they're doing in terms of money. They got a little bit of money. They got just under $2 million here, so maybe they can do a little something with that. Add a Phil Gettle. You know, there's still some pretty okay players out there that they could add to this team. General manager, Kevin Dayoff. He has been the GM, I think, since the Jets began, since they came back. Uh... I don't know when this guy, I don't know if this guy's ever going to get fired. It doesn't seem to matter, but if the Jets have another down season this year and maybe he makes uh, the Hellebuck trade and it's really bad, maybe he makes the Shifley trade and it's really, really bad, maybe we, maybe Kevin Sheveldayoff gets into the hot seat, but he's been here for so long, I just don't know. And then head coach Rick Bonas, he started last season, seemed to get a little bit more out of this team, so we'll see how he does this season as well. Now we'd like a look at the forward group. One of my favorite players in the league, Kyle Connor, my boy, should be guaranteed good for at least 40 goals. You got Mark Shifley, final year of his $6 million contract. What is the future for Mark, Mark Shifley? He's 30 years old now, so uh, he could easily just say he he's kind of in and out of the door. He wants out. He kind of wants to stay. It's kind of unknown at this point what he wants to do. Last season was not up to Shifley's standards in terms of points. He was under a point a game for the first time in a very, very long time, but he did score 40 goals. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I don't really think he'll score 40 again, but I'm hoping he can get back up to that point a game mark. So that's gonna that's the big uh, question mark right now with the uh, with the Jets. Are they gonna move off of Shifley? They're gonna hold on to him. How long they're gonna hold on to him? Is he gonna start the season for the Jets? We'll have to wait and see. But if he stays, I mean, he should be good for in and around a point a game. You got Nick Ehlers, who's kind of been uh, looking to find his way back into that top six. Like he's been dealing with some injuries. He's got two more years paying him six million dollars. He's a great player. He's just been got to stay healthy. And they brought in Alex Iafalo, gave him a $4 million extension for two years. He should be sliding into that top six. Played quite well last season with the Los Angeles Kings. They also brought in Gabriel Velarde, locked him up for a couple more years. He's 24. I really like this player. He was scoring a bunch of goals last season. If he can continue doing that with the Jets, he should be a fantastic addition. Really like their additions here with that pure... uh, PLD trade, bringing in Ayafalo and Velarde. I mean, I think with those two players, uh, they should cover whatever Pierre-Luc Dubois was bringing in around 60 points. I think these guys should be maybe both 50 to 60 point players, so that's good. They still got Nino Niederreiter here for one more season at $4 million. A decent addition when he was brought in. Are they going to extend him or trade him? He's 30 years old now. Adam Lowry, really like this player. A little bit of a Swiss Army knife. He can go all around. Uh, Mason Appleton, Namastinknov, Morgan Barron, Rasmus Kupari, Gustafson, and Johnson Fialbi. So, pretty good top six, right? As long as some of these guys can bounce back, like Shifley and Ehlers, Kyle Connor's one of the most consistent players. You're pretty much guaranteed to get 40. And then if the new guys can slide in and fit in really well, 
probably going to have a bit more responsibility on this team because LA they're very very stacked offensively so these guys are going to have a little bit more responsibility I would imagine offensively so should be looking at some more points out of these guys and then you got some of the younger guys in their bottom six like Kupari, Barron, can they take another step? Mason Appleton, he's 20 or um yeah, he's 27. Yeah, 27. So he is kind of what he is. And a lot of these guys are signed in for at least two years. Uh, David Gustafson's on one more year. So yeah, we'll see if these younger guys can take another step. Uh, they do have Cole Perfetti listed on their long-term injured reserve. That is another player. Uh, they're looking to have a big impact. Can he crack into the top six this season? He's 21. He's got some pretty good potential still around this player. He's just looking to take that big step. So is this the season that he does that? We'll have to wait and see. And they do have some uh, pretty awesome young players here. I don't know how many or if any of these guys are going to make it, but Chaz Luchas, they have Brad Lambert, and then, oh, there's that young young guy that they brought in this season they just drafted him he looked like a an older young man but oh I don't see his name listed right here maybe it was Lambert I'm not sure regardless they do have some pretty nice looking young players in their system they have some younger defensemen there as well but let's talk about their um, main defensive core you got Morrissey who had an outstanding season last year he did fall off a little bit at the end so if he can do what he did last season maybe spread it out a little bit and uh, yeah that should be good you got Schmid, Pionk, Dylan, Damello, Sandberg, Stanley and Capo Bianco so a pretty solid looking defensive core it's not amazing I think I like Neil Pionk more than anybody in the league I, I really like him Brendan Dillon solid defensive defenseman he's got one more year uh, Dylan DeMello also a pretty solid defensive defenseman also got one more year uh, Logan Stanley and Capo Bianco's got one more year as well Josh Morrissey is locked in for quite a bit of time so good deal right there he's only paying about 6.25 million Schmied, I don't know if he's necessarily lived up to that $6 million contract. He's been better in Winnipeg than he was with Vancouver. But yeah, this isn't the strongest defensive core. Like Morrissey, all of a sudden, he's like a top 10 defenseman in the league now. But yeah, everyone else is kind of like pretty just solid. They could try and add something to that defensive core. I don't know. There's not really much you can do with $2 million, but maybe you can add in something a little bit better. And then, of course, you got the big goaltending. Well, hold on. Let's take a look at those younger defense. I think they have someone. They have uh, Vili Hanola, who's been he's been there for a bit. He's uh, really trying to find his way onto the roster. Is this the season? I mean, we'll have to kind of wait and see. And that's really the only name that I see that stands out to me that I can recognize. And then the goalies. So we got Connor Hellebuck. He's in his last season paying him $6 million. So... Are they going to trade them? What are they going to get for Hellebuck? And yeah, it's it's a big question mark. Hellebuck has been a he's one of the best goaltenders in the league. He's been excellent for the Winnipeg Jets for many many years now. And is this the last time Connor Hellebuck plays? Are they going to be able to re-sign him? Does he want to be re-signed? That's I I mean it's I think it's going to basically fall down to how they're doing this season. Hellebuck, thirty years old now, for that track record that he's had, I would imagine he's going to get paid more. Maybe he's going to be up in that eight, nine million dollar range, and like, oh, I don't know if you want to be paying a thirty year old goaltender that much. He's probably going to want term on that as well. So, 
the Jets might be smart to try and trade him off and see what they can get. But again, there's not a lot of teams out there that can afford it. Not a lot. It's just, you know, it's going to be hard to find a awesome trade where Winnipeg is coming out ahead on that one. So it's going to be tough. And then they brought back Laurent Bussoit. I like Laurent Bussoit. So they're both locked in on one-year deals. So... It could encourage them to play out of their minds. We'll just have to wait and see. I don't know what's going to go on with the Hellebuck thing. They're more than likely going to have to try and bring in a goaltender. Like, would would a trade like Gibson for Hellebuck one for one work out? Like, it kind of doesn't make any sense. It does for Winnipeg, but it doesn't for Anaheim, right? So, I don't know what's going to happen with Connor Hellebuck. I personally would like him to stay. I mean, he's just so damn good. But that that's the big mystery for the Winnipeg Jets is what they're going to do with that goalie. They also have Colin Delia down there in the minors, but I can't, I want, no, uh, never mind. I think, yeah, they'll keep him as a depth goaltender. They have a couple of really young goaltenders. I don't think we'll see much out of those. So where do I have the Winnipeg Jets? Honestly, admittedly, this is the hardest and kind of the most open division for me personally. I have them listed at third. I think they should be playoff bound, but there's a lot of question marks around this team, right? If they decide to sell off and they move off of Mark Shifley and Hellebuck and they're bringing in rather young prospects or picks, then that's going to hurt their chances going into a playoff spot. If they're able to extend both Mark Shifley and Hellebuck and they continue onward, I think this team should be playoff bound. I think without having Wheeler there anymore, I still don't know what necessarily what that locker room divide is. Is Mark Shifley and Hellebuck on that opposite side? I don't know. I'm not inside their locker room, but I still like this team. They're pretty good. I think their defense could use a little bit of help, but their offense is still pretty tasty. I really like what they did with that trade, bringing in Ifalo and Velarde. Like, pretty nice job right there. So I think they're going to be third, but honestly, man, the this division is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. The only ones that I feel really confident in are first and second place teams and like the seventh and eighth team, but everything in the middle, it's up in the air, man. It's going to be tight. So Winnipeg got him listed for third as of right now, but with an asterisk being like what the future of Shifley and Hellebuck is going to be. Okay, up next we got the powerhouse Dallas Stars. So they had a pretty good season last year. Not the best playoff run, but they did make it to what? The third round. So I mean, that's pretty fucking good. Me as a Leaf fan, I would take that any day of the week, please. And thank you very much. So how did they do in their offseason? Well, they lost Will Butcher. He's off to Pittsburgh. Max Thommy, he's gone to Toronto. Gardner is off to Philadelphia. Gleason, Edmonton, Luke Clendenning off to Tampa Bay. Um, Ryan Shea is off to Pittsburgh. And Riley Tufty to Colorado. But they did bring in some players in the offseason. Smith, Hanley resigned. Duchesne was brought in along with Steele. Bayreuther resigned, I think, or he's coming back. Kamano, Reedy, Pouliot, Delandria resigns, and Damiani. Okay, so there's a lot of names there that I don't really know, but uh, we know what this team is all about. They got some really good young forwards just uh, really emerging into their own right here. So let's take a look at their salary cap. They don't have any money. They're, 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 they have no money. 
general manager Jim Nill, he's been doing quite well lately. You know, some Dallas fans, they they think, I mean, he's a genius some days and he's a complete moron at other times. Head coach Peter DeBoer, he's been very good. I think he's only been here for a couple of last. Did he show up last season? I think he took over for the team last year, was able to inject some more offense into this team that they've been lacking over the last couple seasons. So let's take a look at this forward group. See, so still got Tyler Sagan there. He's making a fuckload of money, still just under $10 million. And yeah, he's definitely not living up to that contract anymore. But I mean, and thankfully they got other younger players that have stepped up and they're not getting paid as much. But yeah, he's still locked in for four more years. I don't know if they're ever going to be getting out of that contract, if they're ever going to be able to move it. Maybe they buy it out at some point. But regardless, he's still here. He's Tyler Sagan. He's not a bad player. He's just not living up to that $10 million contract right now. Then you got Jamie Benn, the captain of the team. He had a fantastic year last year. He was the second uh, leading scorer on the team. He was about a point a game again. Yeah, he had a fantastic bounce back. Kind of looked like Jamie Benn was Dunyan Rings. And yeah, he had an awful playoff run for the Stars. And he's 34 years old now, still getting paid $9.5 million for this season and next. If he can do what he did last year, I mean, no problem. Just clean up a little bit in that playoff run. Just don't take so many stupid freaking penalties and you should be okay. Rupe Heinz, just a fucking stud. I love this player. Might be my favorite player on the Stars. Starting his eight-year deal, he's 26, $8.5 million. I think that's a great deal. He was amazing in the playoffs for them, so he's going to be continuing onward with his career. You got Jason Robertson, 100-plus point player. He could hit 50 goals this season. Mason, Mason Marchment, ah... You know, I really like what he brings to the team. He's just, they're probably going to want a little bit more points out of him. He's still locked in for three. And fucking Jovo Cop, baby. Joe Pavelski, freaking 39 years old now, and he's still going. He had 70 points last year. Can he do it again? At this point, I just, I'm not, I can't bet against Joe Pavelski. He just continues to defy the aging process. Three and a half million dollars. What a bargain. It's only one more year, though, but I, I think Jovo is just going to keep re-signing one-year deals with Dallas until rather they win a cup or he retires. Radic Faxa, Matt Duchesne brought in for $3 million for one year. An absolute bargain should be good for 50-60 points. Evgeny Dadanov, Craig Smith brought in Ty Delandria, Wyatt Johnson, and Sam Steele, man. That is a deadly forward group like Wyatt Johnson he's 20 he almost scored like he almost had 30 goals last year should have been a little bit more in the conversation the Calder Ty Delandria he's still only 23 years old but I don't think he's going to hit that offensive potential but he's kind of a kind of a shit to play against nowadays Craig Smith great uh depth brought in for a million bucks like yeah dude that offensive that's it that's a nasty group they're gonna score a lot of goals this year and let's just take a look at some of the younger guys. See if there's anybody that really... Stan, Stan Covenant, Logan Stan Covenant. This guy is supposed to be uh, the next one. This kid is supposed to be really good. Admittedly, I don't know very much about him, but if he cracks into the lineup this year and can provide uh, some more scoring maybe on that third line or something, that could be... Whew, that's going to be deadly, but he may not play this year. We'll have to wait and see. And now their defense, again, very, very good-looking defense. One of the best defensemen in the league. And Heskinen, probably good for 70-plus points. 
jack of all trades. He is, I would say, elite in every aspect of the defensive gain, offense, defense. He's great. Essa Lindell, solid defensive defenseman. Ryan Suter, uh, he didn't play very good in the um, in the playoffs, but he brings a lot of veteran leadership. I think he's still getting paid a little bit too much. $3.65 million for this year and next. He's 38 years old. Yanni Hockenpah, he signed for one more year at 1.5. Solid defensive defenseman. Nils Lundqvist, this is the young defenseman they got from New York last year. He seemed pretty solid when he played, so he's looking to take another step. He's got one more year. Harley Thomas, one more year as well. He's 22. Joel Hanley, uh, locked in for a couple more seasons. He's 32. Solid depth defenseman. And Gavin Bayreuther, I think he played for Dallas before and he's back, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Take a look at some of these younger defensemen down here. No one, uh, Rosberg, is that? Nope, that guy's 27. They got a lot of older defensemen down there. They got Petrovic, he's 31. Pouliot, he's 29. So some of these guys could be cracking onto the roster or being depth defensemen. But a pretty good defensive group right here. Like, Essa Lindell and Hockenpah are probably a little bit underrated. Lindell and Midley maybe a little overpaid, but Heskinen is such a fucking stud, man. He is so freaking good. So I like that defensive core as well. And then in net, got Jake Ottinger, the Ott man. Yeah, he had a little bit of a rough go in the playoffs last year, but... The bar was just set too high for Ottinger. Like, his first playoff run was so good. There was no way he was going to replicate that. I, I wasn't expecting him to, but he's still a very, very good young goaltender. Probably the best young goalie in the league. I'm trying to think of other guys, but he's one of them for sure. He's still locked in for two more years at $4 million, a bargain. And Scott Wedgwood, one more year at $1 million. Very good backup goaltender right there. And other goaltenders... They have the other Matt Murray, not the Leafs Matt Murray, but they have other Matt Murray. He might get into a few games this year. He's 25 years old. So yeah, I am very high on this Dallas team. I got them rated first in their division. I mean, they're just godly, man. Even if Joe Pavelski, if this is the year he falls off a cliff and he goes down to like 40 points, they can bring up Duchesne. They can bring up... There's a lot of young guys here. Like Wyatt Johnson is a very good young player. If he can avoid the um, sophomore slump, should be fantastic. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of problems on this team right here to deal with. Not a fun team to play against. So yeah, Dallas should be fantastic this season. Got them rated first in the division. All right, let's do Minnesota Wild. So they are in a little bit of a bind right now in terms of the the dead money or the, the retention that they have on Zach Parise and Suter. So that shit is really kind of hampering them this season. So let's see who they lost over this year. They lost Mitchell Chafty. He is off to Tampa Bay. Matt Dumba is gone to Arizona. Joe Hicketts to LA. John Klingberg is gone to Toronto. Nyquist to Nashville. Ryan Reeves to Toronto. Sam Steele to Dallas. And Oscar Sundquist has gone back to St. Louis. And in terms of uh, who they signed in the offseason, they did not do very much. They were able to re-sign Gustafson for three years, Duhame for one, and Letary signs a two-year contract along with Lu- Lucini. So yeah, they, they didn't get up to too much in the offseason because they have, um, like I said, the, the dead cap of Zach Parise and Suter now is like really up there. I think, what is that, $7.64 million is what it says dead cap on salary cap or cap friendly. But somehow they still have $1.6 million left. So impressive. Again, there's not really a whole lot you can do with that. Maybe you can bring in Phil Gethel because that would be awesome. 
You got GM Bilgarin. Uh, some people love him, some people don't. I mean, I really commend him for pulling that Zach Parise and Soder trigger. Like, that was not an easy thing to do. And considering, like, the really tough waters that he had to navigate now with that dead cat money, he's done a pretty decent job. Head coach Dean Evanson, I mean, he's pretty solid. And now they're forward group. So you got the stud, the man, Kirill Kaprizov should be good for well over a point a game. He could be a 50-goal scorer, could hit well over 100 points this season as long as he's nice and healthy. Still got three more years, paying them $9 million. It's a pretty nice deal. Got Matthew Boldy, one of the younger guys. He's locked in. Seven-year deal kicking in now at $7 million. So he's going to have to start living up to that contract. He's going to have to take another step forward. Matt Zuccarello just loving it here in Minnesota. He's got one more year, paying him $6 million, and he is 36 years old now. So that's going to be a tough one. He works, he plays really well with Kaprizov, so maybe they can keep him for cheap. They might end up, they might end up trading him, though, this offseason, or uh, this trade deadline. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. Joel Erickson Eck, really, really strong two-way forward. Marcus Foligno, the heart and soul of this team. He's got one more year left, paying him three mil. He's 32. I feel like he'll be coming back for sure. Uh, Frederick Goudreau, another uh, solid player for them. Marcus Johnson, Ryan Hartman, Brandon Duhame, Marco Rossi, Connor Dewar, and Patrick Maroon is here. So, you got some good names here. So, Marco Rossi is kind of, he's going to be the big one. So, he's really going to, he had a miserable fucking season last year. He was not very good. So, he's going to be looking to rebound from that. And they're going to really, really need their young players to step forward because they're the ones that's not making any money and they're going to need production out of those guys. So, they're going to be looking for Rossi to get into that 40 to 50 point range this season for sure. Ryan Hartman, he's got one more year paying him 1.7 and yeah, he's been up and down. He scored what 40 or 30 some odd goals a couple years ago. He was really really bad last season, just couldn't get it going. So, he's looking to rebound. Marcus Johansson, solid. There's some solid players here, but it admittedly not the deadliest forward group. They struggled, I think, last year scoring goals. But you got Kaprizov. He is, like, for sure, the by far their best offensive option. Matthew Boldy, if he can get take the next, next step and get up to that point in game, that would help them out a lot. And if Zuccarello can defy the aging process and continue to play the way that he's been playing with Kaprizov, then, yeah, it's a, it's a solid offensive group. I'm just looking at their injured reserve. No one too crazy. They got Pavel Novak. I'm not familiar with that player. And I'm not seeing a lot of young players that are standing out to me. So we'll pop over, take a look at their defense. You got Jared Spurgeon. Uh, he's making quite a bit of money there. I, I didn't know he was making that much. Seven and a half million dollars. But he is a pretty damn good defenseman. Same with Jonas Brodeen. Got Jacob Middleton. Alex Goligoski still going, baby. 38 years old. He's got one more year left paying him two million. John Merrill. Brock Faber, who's looking to uh, make an impact on this team this season. And Caden Allison, who they still need to re-sign. So they're going to want to get that Kalen Addison signed. Will they be able to get it done with that 1.6 that they have? I mean, if they could, I feel like they probably would have already gotten that done. So we'll have to wait and see on that Kalen Addison. They're going to need that that young man to play for them this year. It's a solid 
defensive group. So Matt Dumba was kind of the sacrificial lamb. There's just no, they couldn't bring him back. They had no money. It's an all right looking defensive group. As long as they stay healthy, like, yeah, but it's not amazing. So they're going to be really relying on that goaltending this season. I'm just going to take a look at their defensive guys. There's a lot of young people here. Uh, David Spacek. I don't know. I don't really know a lot of those young guys, but probably someone down there is going to be looking for to make a step forward. And then their goaltending. So Philip Gustafson, a lot of their season, I feel like is going to be hinging on this man's play. He was amazing last year. If he can do that again, oh my God, man, like Ottawa Senators fans must be losing it. He's played so good since he got traded to Minnesota. I think he had the best save percentage and goals against last year. He didn't play the most, but I feel like he should be playing more because the backup is Marc-Andre Fleury. 38 years old now. He's got one more year playing, paying him $3.5 million. Is this the last year for Marc-Andre Fleury, or is he going to continue to play? I could see him continuing onward, but is it going to be with Minnesota? Mm, we'll have to wait and see. But Gustafson, three more years at 3.75. I mean, I think that's an absolute bargain. So if he can continue to play, that's going to help out Minnesota a lot. And this is a team that's it's going to be tough, man, but I do have them listed at fourth in this division. Um, it could very well be a situation where... Um, the Pacific has five teams going in, and the Central has three. I feel like the Central is a, l- a little bit weaker than the Pacific. There's a little bit more teams that seem more primed to go into the playoffs over the over the Central. But uh, I have the Minnesota Wild listed as fourth. They could be playoff bound, but they're they're tough, man. They're that's a tough team. Like Kirill, if he goes down, like that's pretty much it. And if Gustafson is not, if like last year was a one and done, and he just falls off the cliff it's not going to be a fantastic year so they're they're kind of hinging they're going to be i think in the mix but if a couple things go wrong i think that's going to be all she wrote for the minnesota wild this season so curious to hear what you guys think about the minnesota wild all right nashville predators you are up next how did we do in the offseason how busy uh, not too too busy they did make quite a bit of signings but they didn't it doesn't look like they lost too many guys so you got uh, Rasmus Asplund is off to Florida. Mark Barowicki retired. Okay. Cal Foote is off to New Jersey. Alex Galchenyuk signed in Arizona. Josh Leonard, Arizona as well. And Zach Sanford went off to Arizona. Jeez, Arizona's just taken everybody. But they did get up to a lot of signings in the offseason. Luke Shen signs for three years. Nyquist, two. Groznik, Glass signs for two. Ryan O'Reilly is here for four years. Carrier re-signed Weatherby. And Garyanov signs a one-year contract with them as well. So they got up to a bit. Some eyebrow-raising contracts. Kind of, admittedly, the Ryan O'Reilly one. But uh, Barry Trotz, the general manager now, he is... This is his first season as the general manager. The legendary David Poyle has retired and handed the team off to Mr. Trotz, who used to be the coach for a very long time. You got Andrew Burnett. Excited to see that this guy is back coaching in the NHL. He was coaching the Panthers. He was great. Then he didn't coach, and now he's back with the Nashville Predators. So I don't know if he's going to be more like he seems to be more of an offensively minded coach, and Nashville's always been. Uh, more towards the defense so we'll see if that relate if that changes if he just I don't know it's going to be interesting to see how Andrew Burnett goes with Nashville rooting for that coach I think he's pretty damn good 
And cap space, they actually have just shy of $8 million available to them right now. So Phil Gethel, you could sign that guy. That would really help. There's some guys out there they could sign, but... They, they still have money, so they could do something else with it, but they haven't done anything with it just yet. So, they did bring in Ryan O'Reilly for $4.5 million for four years. And, I mean, as of right now, he looks like that is your first-line center because they got rid of Duchesne and Ryan Johansson, so they're both gone. They bought them, I think they bought them both out. But Ryan O'Reilly listed as probably the first-line center and... It may not be great, man, because he fell off of a cliff offensively last season with St. Louis. He got it back a little bit with the Leafs, but not like, not all the way back. I'm, you know, what I'm saying he's 32 now, so we're probably just going to see that decline continue. But he's going to have a way bigger role on Nashville than he did with St. Louis and Toronto. So maybe he can get back up to 50, 60 points, but we'll have to kind of wait and see. They have Nyquist, who is 34 now. Colton Sissons, Cody Glass, who's uh, I don't know, man. He just hasn't really found it in the NHL. Probably a middle six center. Jakob Trenin, Philip Tomasino, young player. He's got one more year. Uh, like, none of these guys are probably going to break the bank, but they're going to start getting paid now. You got Yuso Parsonen, Dennis Gryanov, Thomas Novak, Luke uh, Evangelista, Mark Jankowski, Kiefer Sherwood, and Cole Smith. So... Yeah, man, I don't think there's even one really, like, potent offensive option in that top six. It's a pretty fucking weak top six. Like, Thomas Novak was pretty decent. Giryanov, I mean, he's had flashes. Maybe he can score 20. Parsonen, he's 22. And Tomasino. So they're looking for big step-ups out of those two young players. Could Jakob Trenin break out? Is Cody Glass going to finally break out? I mean, he's 24 now, so it's like... It's it's kind of the door's kind of closing on him, but maybe, yeah, man, this isn't this is going to be a, a, a offensive lineup that is going to struggle to score some goals. I think uh, they do have Philip Forsberg on long term injured reserve. He should be ready to go, and yeah, they're going to need that guy back and hopefully healthy. Uh, the way that I've always seen Philip Forsberg, he always kind of fuck. Does he? I think he's the one that starts out kind of slow, and then like back half, he is just one of the best players in the league so we'll see if he can do that again he's 29 and he's getting paid eight and a half million dollars for the next seven years so yeah that's that's a thing uh let's see some of the younger players here if there's someone that i can uh kaylin lynn you got nolan burke yeah i don't know any of those young players and their defensive core you've got roman yossi one of the most handsome guys in the nhl he is 33 years old now wow Still got five more years. He had a down year in comparison to the year prior where he almost got 100 points. Uh, but he should be good for at least point a game. Ryan McDonough, I really like him in Nashville. He's been a great fit, but he's 34 now, so he's getting he's getting up there. Tyson Berry, one more year at 4.5. Decent fit. Offensive defenseman has really no defensive abilities, but it's okay. They brought in Luke Shen. He's got all the defensive abilities and no offense. So, And he's getting paid, man. Three years, 2.75. This is probably the only place that was going to give him that much money, but good for him. Alex Carrier, he's a good little defenseman for them. Dante Fabro, pretty solid as well. Jeremy Lozon, they they locked him up for three years at $2 million. So again, it's a pretty alright-looking defensive group. Like Ryan McDonough, Luke Shen, that's some good defensive defensemen right there. Roman Yossi, one of the best defensemen in the game. And 
Take a look at some of those young guys. They got anybody that really stands out to me. Prokop, that sounds like a name that I've heard before. And then they're, they're goaltending. It's like, I like that defensive core. Their goaltending is what's going to keep them probably better than what they should be. And that's because of UC Soros. The dude is unbelievable. I think top five goaltender in the league. Um... But the team just kind of keeps getting uh, downgraded each year. So maybe you see uh, Soros doesn't have um, the best season this year or he stands on his head and he makes Nashville a better team than they should be. He's got two more years paying him $5 million. And he is getting backed up by Kevin Lankinen, who had a pretty fucking awful season last year. But he should be doing better with Nashville and he should be a solid backup for them terms of other young goaltenders I know they got um Askarov he's 21 I don't think we're gonna see him into many games or any games this offseason or this season but you know injuries happen maybe we see Askarov come back and he just grabs the ball and never lets it go so he's got a lot of potential behind him it's only a matter of time before he takes the net for Nashville yeah man this team is it's gonna be tough like um they could be uh, competitive into a playoff spot, but I really don't think they're going to make it into the playoffs. I got them listed at sixth. UC Soros could drag them into a higher spot. Like I kind of have like Winnipeg, Minnesota, Nashville, and another team kind of all in the mix with each other. I think they're going to be fighting for that last spot in the West, and they're going to be in that wild card situation, I would imagine. But Nashville's offense just looks so weak, man. Like, they don't really have any centers. I can't see Ryan O'Reilly, like, bouncing back and being, like, a 60-plus point kind of guy. I feel like they're just going to be trying to keep the puck out of the net. They're going to struggle to score, but they're not going to let in as many, but if UC Soros goes down, they're completely fucked. So, yeah, I got them listed as sixth, but they could be competitive for a good chunk of the season, but I think they're going to be not very awesome this season. It's time for St. Louis, the St. Louis Blues. How did you guys do in the offseason? They didn't get too, they weren't too busy in the offseason, honestly. Let's see here. Uh, Logan Brown has gone to Tampa Bay. Thomas Grice retired. Matthew Highmore to Ottawa. Brady Lyle to Calgary. Pitlick to New York. Santini to Los Angeles. And Todd to San Jose. They were able to bring in McEachran. Jacobs, Kalnyuk, Malcolm Subban, all for one year. McGing, Sunquist is back, and Torpchenko with a two-year contract. So they didn't get up to too, too much. Last season was definitely disappointing for them. I think they made a couple of really good waiver pickups in Verana and Cap Capanin. There it is. I almost there it is. And they got no money. They got 200000 300000 in cab space, so nothing much to work with there. GM is Doug Armstrong. has been here for a long time, and head coach Craig Berube, who I think, honestly, even if he has another bad season this year, I think he is still pretty safe. He is a pretty damn good coach. All right, let's take a look at this forward group. So you got Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas. They're both entering their eight-year, eight-year deals, each getting paid $8.125 million. A uh, bit of a rough start for them last season. They did pick it up uh, into the back half, so they're going to want to get off to a better start this season and get back up to that point a game plus area. That would be good, especially for Kairou. Robert Thomas is such a fantastic passer. The 24 and 25 years old, respectively, so they still could be uh, still looking to get uh, more point production out of them and a bounce back from them. 
Braden Shen, he's 32 now. He's still locked in for five years. We know what he's all about. Great little two-way forward. Pavel Buchnevich, who seemed to be a fantastic fit for them out of New York. He is a good goal scorer. Should be good for 30 goals if he's healthy. Brandon Saad is still here. Kevin Hayes brought in from Philadelphia. Kasperi Kapanen has got one more year at 3.2, so this could be beneficial for them. They brought him in for waivers, got him for nothing. And if he's on a one more year, he's kind of been up and down in the league. He didn't have a great run with Pittsburgh, so he's got a lot to prove this season, and he could bounce back big with that contract year. Same with Jacob Verana. He's got one more year at 2.6. And if he can find that goal scoring again, he could be good for 2025. Maybe he can even hit 30 goals. That would be huge for St. Louis. They got Korpchenko, Sammy Blay, Jake Neighbors, Alexandrov, and Sunquist. I like this offensive group, man. <clears throat> this is a good little offensive uh, group. If you have, like, down the middle, Robert Thomas, Braden Shen, and Kevin Hayes, that's a nice-looking center group. I mean, we all know that Kevin Hayes isn't great defensively but he was in and around a point a game last season for a pretty awful uh Philadelphia team Brent Saad I don't know if he's necessarily that top six and if Casper Kapanen and or Verona can bounce back and get back into the top six I like this uh forward group I think it's actually pretty darn all right and their bottom six is not bad you know Jake Neighbors is down there he's 21 Looking to take another step. Blay is a great addition. Sunquist is a good addition as well. So I like those guys. Let's take a look at the younger players, see if there's anyone. They have Dvorsky. So <clears throat> he was one of the players that um, allegedly seemed to be one of the closer ones to NHL ready. He is 18. Uh, good chance we don't see him in the lineup this season, but maybe as soon as next year. They have Adam Gaudet. He could play Zach Dean, I've heard of before. Uh, Nathan Walker, I think he's the, the 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 Australian player. If I'm, I might be mistaken on that one, but they have some young players in the system there as well. And then their defensive group, so not the best looking. They have tried to make some changes. They tried to uh, trade Tory Krug to Philadelphia to bring in Sanheim for some reason, but that fell through. So they have Justin Falk, Tory Krug, Colton Pareko, Nick Letty, Marco Scantella, Bartuzzo, Tucker, and Callie Rosen. Hey. So, I mean, Justin Falk is a solid, a little bit more to the offensive side, but he's okay. Same with Tory Krug, more of an offensive defenseman. Pareko needs to bounce back. He had a pretty rough year last season, and he's in his eight-year extension, $6.5 million. Some people think he's overpaid. Nick Letty, 32, pretty solid defenseman. Marco Scandella and Bertuzzo got one more year left. Pretty solid defensive defenseman. It's not a bad defensive group, but there's not like a a really stud defensive defenseman or even a really stud like top two defenseman. Like Colton Pareko is close, but after last season, he, he's definitely fallen off a little bit. So it's not a bad defensive group. And I, oh, I know they have some young defensemen coming up at... Matthew Gettle. Oh, I wonder if that guy's related to Phil Gettle. Uh, Perunovic. Scott Perunovic. Is that a guy that's supposed to be something? I don't know. He's 25 now, so I don't know. And I think this is going to be the, the biggest element of the team. If, if, if St. Louis is going to be bad or good, it's going to come down to this guy. Jordan Bennington in net. 30 years old now. Four more years paying him $6 million. And he's got to settle down, bro. He's got to settle down and just... 
focused on playing hockey. He gets way too in his head. He gets way too focused on other shit that really has nothing to do with him, trying to fight people, and, like, he's got to calm down and find his game again. And if he can, I think St. Louis is going to be a pretty good team. But, I mean, it's the way that Benner has played for, like, years now. It hasn't been very good, and they don't really have the best backup necessarily you have Joel Holfer he's 23 years old so he still needs to kind of prove himself here I haven't heard a whole lot about this this young goaltender uh they have Malcolm Subban he could potentially be the backup but he's like not the best he's not a great backup goaltender either he's an option probably better suited as a depth goaltender but looks like Hofer is set to be the backup goaltender so Benner is going to have a lot of responsibility and if he falls apart so is this team so with that being said I have St. Louis listed at fifth but this is again this St. Louis is very close I feel to Minnesota and Winnipeg and well I think Nashville honestly it's gonna be really I think it's mostly down to Winnipeg Minnesota and St. Louis I feel like these three teams are very much so in the same boat they're just there's like a major part on every team like with Winnipeg it's the trading or what's gonna happen with Shifley Hellebuck with Minnesota it's going to be if Gustafson can continue to play the way that he did last season and for the younger players in Minnesota to take that next step forward and then with Nat with St. Louis it's pretty much Bennington I think their offensive group is quite good their defensive group is solid enough it's not bad but it's I wouldn't call it good either so yeah it's it's going to be tough for St. Louis as well but if those if fucking Kapanen and Verona like if they can bring those guys back they could be really good trade options for them in the at the trade deadline they can get a lot back for them so it's going to be an interesting season for St. Louis if they can bounce back or not if they're going to what decision they want to go with in the future like it's kind of tough right like they got these two young players they're entering their big league deals now a lot of the older young older guys are gone like Ryan O'Reilly they still have Braden Shen but yeah they're kind of shifting into a new era for St. Louis and we'll see if it's going to be going well for them or if it's not so we'll see how it goes for St. Louis this season I have them listed at fifth now for everybody's favorite team the Arizona Coyotes they were very very busy this offseason in terms of signings because they they claim they are ready to come out of that rebuild and to start being a competitive team their planning is to be a playoff team once they get their new arena and everything settled in so there we'll see if this is the year they start to take a step forward so, who did they lose in the offseason? Christian Fisher is gone to Detroit. Imama to Ottawa. Connor Mackey to New York. So, they didn't lose too many people. And they brought in a fuckload. Zucker, Bugstad, Valalti, Stetcher, Kerfoot, Leonard, Smith, Dermott, Sanford, Galchenyuk, Kirkland, Prosvitov, Michelli, Resign, McBain, and Dumba so I think that might be the most signings a team has made this offseason and they they were definitely a team ready to do that because they had a shitload of money they don't have very much of it left now they're just under four million dollars they got 3.9 million dollars left to play with so so Phil Gethel you want to bring him back I'd be so into that I would love to get my hands on a Phil Kessel um Oh, what, what what's that? Peyote, the Peyote Coyote, Phil Kessel jersey? I would love that. That would be so fucking cool. We got general manager Bill Armstrong, head coach Andre Cherney. Uh, Cherney's been here for a little bit now. He's slowly building up that team. Same with Armstrong. 
Let's take a look at this forward group, man. I think their forward group is not that bad at all. One of the most underrated players in the league in Clayton Keller. The dude is a superstar, honest to God. He could hit 100 points this season. The first person to ever do that for the Arizona Coyotes. I think he's excellent. Five more years at 7.1, one of the best contracts in the league. You got Nick Schmaltz, another really underrated player. He's been fantastic for Arizona. He's just got to stay healthy. And that line last year of Keller, Schmaltz, and I think it, oh fuck, was it Barrett Hayton or, fuck, it was someone. Anyway, they had a really good line going for them last year. They brought in Jason Zucker, 31 years old now, $5 million for one year. Should be a nice top six addition to the team. Lawson Krause, he's a big boy. He can hit the shit out of you. Alexander Kerfoot, <clears throat> he was brought in, former Toronto Maple Leaf. I know quite a bit about this player. He's making $3.5 million. And, you know, he's going to go out there and do a lot of busy nothing. Like, he's a very unnoticeable player. He kind of just does things, and nothing really happens when he's out there. He doesn't really score all that much. He doesn't really let a whole lot go in against him. He's just kind of a foot soldier, honestly. You got Matias Macelli. He had a great little year last season looking to build on that. The 22-year-old forward, Nick Bugstad, Barrett Hayton looking to take another step forward. 23-year-old center, final year of 1.775. Travis Boyd, you got Jack McBain. Logan Cooley, if he can, I think, I don't know if he's going to crack it, crack onto the roster this season, but you have Dylan Gunther there as well. He could crack the lineup. So they got two young wingers right here. Uh, Logan Cooley apparently listed as a center. I didn't know that. But uh, yeah, they got young players here. Liam O'Brien and Michael Carcone. So maybe not the most, uh, mostly because Arizona doesn't get the the attention but legitimately Clayton Keller is a superstar uh Nick Schmaltz is a great top six player I think yeah man they have some really good players here they don't have a lot of like first line talent outside of Clayton Keller Nick Schmaltz is like borderline but uh once that line gets rolling and if they stay nice and healthy this season could be a problem and if Logan Cooley and or Dylan Gunther get in there make a big impact right away oh boy we could see a splash out of Arizona this year so let's take a look at some of the other young players they have Connor Geeky I don't know if we're gonna see him just yet they got Atu Rati they got him from the Islanders I think I don't know if he's going to make it necessarily um Kirkland John Leonard that sounds familiar but anyway I don't know and we know they have a lot of people on their um uh, dead cap and everything like that. Jacob Voracek, Shea Weber, Brian Little. I don't think any of those guys are going to be playing. Same with Travis Dermott. He might play, but he might not. And they're still paying off Ekman Larson and all that stuff, but not too much. All right, so let's take a look at that defensive core. So this is where they're definitely a little bit weak still. They brought in Matt Dumba, and that's going to help. They brought in Sean Dursey through a trade. That should help. He could have a really big season, man. Like, he was playing really well with L.A. And from the look at this team, he is going to be option number one on the power play. So he could break out for 50, 60 points. So keep an eye on Dursey. And everybody on this defensive core only has one more year left. All of them. Joshua Brown, Troy Stetcher, Yuso Valamaki, J.J. Moser, and Victor Soderstrom. So they're two young defensemen here and Moser and Soderstrom going to be looking for a big step forward if they can really solidify themselves into the top four Stetcher slides down to the bottom six and maybe Joshua Brown even with all that 
it's still not a very good looking defensive core. They're gonna that's something they're gonna be needing to build, but they also have a lot of young defensemen on the way up. Uh, they just drafted a couple of them this season. Uh, fuck, I don't think they have them uh, listed here on the on their cap friendly, but they did sign. They drafted a young defenseman this off season. They got that boot guy as well that they drafted this uh, draft, but uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing any of them, but they do have young defensemen on the way up, but they're just going to have to take a year or two before that defensive core is good, but they're bringing in some guys to hold them over like Matt Dumba and Dursey. That's going to be the interesting one. So if he can hit 50, 60 points, how much is this guy going to want? And I think it should be good to sign him in Arizona. I think Sean Dursey is going to like the opportunity that they're going to offer him here in in Arizona. With I imagine it's going to be top power play. So how much is Sean Dursey going to get in his next contract? Is it going to be a long-term contract or is it going to be a bridge? So that one is going to be very interesting. And then goaltending. So they got, uh, I think it's the same tandem that they had last year in Vimelka and Connor Ingram. Vimelka, uh, some games he's incredible, other games he's just crap. Tends to play better against the better teams in the league. So if you put Vimelka in against the good teams, maybe put Ingram in against the weaker teams, and they might be able to win you a bunch of games right here. They're both making pretty low amount of money, like, Vamelka still got two more years. He was a huge trade target last season. He never got traded, so maybe Arizona really likes this guy and they want to keep him for himself. And he seems to be a solid starter. Not an amazing, not even like really good. At times he looks incredible, at other times he just looks so bad. But we'll see how it goes for them and that goaltending tandem. And do they have a young goaltender on the way up? I don't know. So they're going to have to stick with those guys. Uh, They have a little bit of money that maybe they can bring in uh, extra. I think they really need help in goaltending and defense. So if if they're going to be bringing in anybody, it better be on the back end. Because I think their forward group is actually pretty good. It's just going to take a little bit of time for the younger guys to get up to speed. But it's looking pretty decent, man. I think they can score some goals this season. But they might have a little bit of trouble keeping the puck out of their net. In terms of where I have them, I have them listed as 7th, but I could easily see them going past Nashville, and Nashville slides down, and Arizona takes a step forward because they seem to be on the up and ups as Nashville seems to be going downward. So I could, I would be totally fine with switching that and put Arizona 6th and Nashville 7th. I'd be totally cool with that, but I have them listed as 7th personally. So let's move on to the final team, and that is the Chicago Blackhawks. We know they're in a full rebuild right now, and they're um, they got their that new kid that you might have heard of, um, Connor Bedard. So he's going to be kind of the vocal point of that team this season. That's kind of going to be the only high spot I would imagine of this team. But let's see what they did in the off season. Um, Andreas Englund, just want to make sure I'm on the right team. Yep, okay. Andreas Englund's off to Los Angeles, Caleb Jones to Carolina, and Alex Stalock went to Anaheim. They didn't sign very many people either. They brought in Donato for two years, and Kurashev got a two-year extension. So that's really all they got up to in the offseason. Obviously, their big addition of Connor Bedard. And how do I feel like Connor Bedard is going to do? Well, I've heard some projections that some people think he's going to score like 40-plus goals, and I just can't see that, honestly. Like, he's obviously going to be given the the chance. He's probably going to be their top option on 
in terms of offense. He's probably going to be leading the offense in every single way, and he's going to be getting the puck first over a lot of other players, but I would imagine teams are going to be keying in on him, and we're just going to have to wait and see how he adapts. I think he should be good for, like, I'd say 60 points, maybe a 30-30 or a 25-45, something like that. I think his assists are going to be lower and his goals are going to be higher this season just because there's not a whole lot of guys to pass to on this team. But let's let's get started. So general manager Kyle Davidson's been here for a hot minute. Head coach Luke Richardson, who's doing a pretty good job with this rebuilding team. So let's take a look at this forward group. They brought in Taylor Hall. Tyler Johnson's here for another season. At $5 million, Andreas Anthony given a lot of money to remain with the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, I mean, good for him. I don't think he'd be getting $4.25 million anywhere else. They brought in Corey Perry and Nick Foligno for $4 million a piece. They're 35 and 38. Definitely brought in to shepherd in the younger players. Jason Dickinson, a solid uh, middle six two-way forward. Philip Kurashev, who had a pretty nice season last year, looking to build on that. He's 23. Ryan Donato, Colin Blackwell, obviously Connor Bedard. You're going to be looking for... Um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm admittedly quite excited to see what this player is going to do in the NHL. I imagine a lot of people are, especially the Blackhawks fans. Cole Gutman, Mackenzie Entwistle, Boris Kachuk, and Taylor Radish. So I'm guessing that's the Taylor Radish that I keep thinking is the is the forward that was in Tampa Bay. I think, yeah, Chicago's got him now. So yeah, this isn't uh, a forward group that really uh, screams uh, much of anything on It doesn't scare me whatsoever. Taylor Hall, he's not the Taylor Hall he used to be. He's not going to get like 90 plus points. Probably good for like 60 yeah, man, there's not really a lot of players here that are going to be uh, doing a lot of damage other than Connor Bedard. Taylor Hall's going to get some points. Kurashev should get some points. But yeah, no one here that's really uh, a danger to uh, other teams. Uh, other younger players that they have, we have Lucas Reichel. Uh, it's a lot of young players. They got Samuel Savoie. I believe he is someone who's looking to make an impact, but... I don't know how many of these younger players they're going to be bringing up just yet. They might wait a year just to kind of... Because it's going to be a rough year, y'all. It's going to be another really rough year. It could be another first overall pick uh, season for the Chicago Blackhawks. I can't see Connor Bedard all by himself turning this team around. Like, when Matthews came in, so did Marner and... um, Nylander. So he had other players coming in with him. So I don't think Bedard is going to have the introduction to the NHL that Matthews did, but maybe he scores five goals in his first game. Wouldn't that be fun? Now their defense. So they got Seth Jones getting paid everything in the world, $9.5 million for seven more years. He had a pretty rough season last year, so he's going to want to bounce back, but I don't think he's ever going to be living up to that $9.5 million. So, you know, it's it's not going to be a fun ride for poor Mr. Jones. And I like him. He's a, he's a good defenseman. He's just not $9.5 million good. Nikita Zaitsev has finally made it to the final year of that seven-year, $4.5 million deal. When he re-signs, wherever he re-signs, he ain't making $4.5 million. Let me tell you that for free. Connor Murphy, longtime Chicago Blackhawk, Tenority, Roos, Kaiser, and Phillips. So, I mean, Kaiser and Phillips are both 21. Maybe they make an impact on this team. Roos is 24. This defensive core kind of sucks, man. This is not a very good defensive core. And their goalies are pretty bad, too, man. Peter Morazic, I mean, 
he played good for the team that was in front of him, I guess, but he was still pretty bad himself. He's got three and a half, three point eight million for the next year. And then they got Soderblom. He's 24. I don't really know much about this player, admittedly. So we'll see what goes on with that. So, yeah, there's not a lot of great things to say about this team. Let's just take a look at that uh, defense to see if there's any of these young players that are looking to come up. I don't know any of those names, and I don't know their goalies. So if there's some younger players coming up, let me know. I don't, I don't see them. Uh, easy, safe to say. I got Chicago listed at eighth. They're gonna, they're definitely still in the rebuild, even though they got Bedard. It's a great way to kick off the rebuild, but they still got quite a ways to go. So I got them listed as last in the division. Probably gonna be uh, in and around last place in the league this season as well. But hell, you got Connor Bedard, so there is that to look forward to. And me, I, I can't wait to see what he's going to do. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So that's it. We made it through all of the predictions. I'd love to hear your guys' predictions. Let me know how bad my predictions are. I mean, they're just fun. They're, they're generally always going to be wrong, but I'll keep the all the predictions here. I think maybe next week we'll do like the award predictions and everything like that because uh, that's always fun. And hopefully there's going to be a little bit more news. We are getting closer to the beginning of the season. We're in September now, so that's crazy. Training camps should be starting in a week or two or something like that. I myself, I don't really care much about training camps. Um, I'll keep my, I won't watch anything like that, but I will keep my ears and eyes open for any big news that's coming out and all that great stuff. So thank you everybody so much for listening. Try your best to stay cool out there. It is hot as fuck right now. We're getting our last heat wave of the summer and then hopefully uh, it'll cool down a little bit because it is way too freaking hot out here right now. So thank you everyone again for listening and go back and listen to any of the prior episodes. I got a big GX Gamer cast that came out this week. Rock Band versus Guitar Hero. So please go over and check that one out for me. If you have any questions or comments, you want to have your questions read on the show, just send in your comments or questions there's an email address you can follow along on twitter the episodes get uploaded to youtube so you can drop a comment on youtube that'd be a great place to put them and uh yeah so thank you everyone we will be back again soon with more gx plus cast